Avengers, assemble. In the wake of Endgame, some were lost, others regained. They're good. What happens next? Stay tuned, true believers, as we try to find out. Peter Melnick. Graphic designer, comic book enthusiast, and podcast pontificator. And I'm Eddie Wilson. Upstate New York radio announcer in the Sullivan Catskills with an inordinate amount of catching up in his own comic book universe. Ready? It's time for a new episode of The Marvelists. Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick, and Eddie Wilson is not here, but I am instead joined by two people that you're going to hear in a moment, but we are live at New York Comic Con 2019, day four. I keep clapping my hands for every single point I point for this, but I digress. Before we get into the main episode at hand, and like I said, introduce our two special guest co-hosts, we want to tell you all at home how you can get a hold of us on them, our social medias. First off, on Facebook at facebook.com slash themarvelists. And also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at themarvelists. Myself, at Peter Melnick, on Twitter and Instagram and facebook.com slash Podcaster. Eddie is in the description, so you can find that, because I always mess up his uh, Instagram handle, and he will hit me for that probably. Also, you can find us on TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, among many, many others. And also, rate, review, subscribe, and share on iTunes. And remember, five stars. Keep it five stars. Four stars are below. It's much like the ice cream machine at McDonald's. It just doesn't work. Also, be sure to give me a hug if you see me sometime. I was never really loved as a child, but I make up for it by being this over-the-top personality on a podcast. So... On my left is Al Ewing, and returning to the show is Daniel Kibblesmith. Guys, each of you, how are you? Uh, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a, a slightly chipper mess because I'm running on pure adrenaline. This has been four days of absolute chaos. Just you guys signing, me running around, and every... like This has been an episode four days in the making. Originally it was going to be me and Al, and then it became, hey Daniel, you want to come along and join us on this episode? And what did you say? I said I am sitting very close to Al, and it would be a huge honor. So to be able to have all of you guys together, it's been, like I said, an endeavor. Four days in the making. And both of you, some stuff has been happening this weekend. Let's go first off, Daniel, what's new with you? Uh, new with me, uh, well, I'm the, the current writer of the series Just Called Loki. Just uh, Called Loki? It's Just Called Loki. That's a long time. That's there's, a no, there's no uh, agent's tree or journeying in this one. It's just the, just the proper noun. Uh, and uh, it's been very delightful. I got uh, my picture taken with about a dozen Loki cosplayers. And um, as of this recording, number four comes out on uh, Wednesday the 9th. You've also been able to meet Tom Hiddleston as well. Got a picture with the the cover, and I did, I did. Yeah, that was uh, that was not at the con. That was a little while ago uh, at my my other job. Uh, but uh, he uh, was very graciously took a photo uh, with me holding up Loki number one, and uh, he is on Broadway right now and told me that people bring them to him at the stage door to sign. Does he sign He's them? Familiar with it? Yeah, he signs them. So, I mean, I don't know if I'm now. Uh, telling everybody where to find a movie star in the real world. I feel like that was maybe a bad decision, but... Fun fact, Charlie Cox is there too, so believe me, we both did something now. Yeah, bring bring some, bring some comic books and uh, be on your best behavior, please, because I do not know if I was supposed to say this stuff out loud. Eh, it's a given. I mean, we didn't know about the comic thing, but here we are. <laughs> so, also, like I said, on my left is Al Ewing. Al, you've had a busy weekend too. Yeah, some stuff was announced. Uh, 
more stuff has not been announced. I still have some secrets. Um, but one of the things that was announced, uh, I'm taking over Guardians in January, Guardians of the Galaxy. Continuing taking money from me every month, yes. Yes. Um, and basically, uh, as, as a kind of part of that, um, I'm, I'm now in charge of space. <laughs> I, I am now the ruler of space, uh, as far as Marvel Comics is involved in space. How is that working out for you? Um, it's pretty good. I'm, I'm a very generous god, uh, <laughs> a very generous god king. I'm allowing many, many writers to do some amazing, awesome space stuff, and then I'm looking at what they're doing, and I'm interpolating it all into my big plans. So you're going to be seeing, like, I've got I've got plans which basically involve. Um, <clears throat> I saw one of the covers, the number one. It already has like Star Lord and Rocket on there, and I'm just like, yeah. Oh, he really does know how to take my money because like those are my two favorites of the Guardians. So I'm excited about that. Well, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the one thing, which is um, I do have these big space plans, but they're also very, uh, they're very malleable. They're very sort of. Um, able to accommodate other stories you know nobody nobody the nature of the plan means that nobody can tell a story that breaks it right so everybody can have loads of fun in space um i know jason aaron's got some space plans i know like uh matthew rosenberg's doing that annihilation thing you know we've had a we've had a chat about that so i know the ins and outs um and i get to kind of all of all of this will sort of feed into guardians very cool. Sorry to be. Reminds me of. You can. Well, that way we can get some stuff in with that. Uh, I was going to say, uh, it reminds me of when uh, Silver Surfer was uh, exiled to Earth and he would throw himself against the stratosphere yeah. trying to get into space. See, and now if he's not able to do that, it's because uh, Al Ewing, Master of Space, has, has closed the door on him. He says, Not you, not now. There's so much cool stuff that we can see now with this, too. Like, uh, Al stepped away from the microphone for a moment, but just right now with a lot of that stuff with the space, we're getting Silver Surfer involved with the Annihilation stuff, too. And I'm curious as to see where this is going, where this is headed. I know it's going to be space, so, yeah. It's fairly large, space. I've heard in space no one can hear you scream, and I've also, since it's going to be fun, no one can hear you go, wee! No, in space, no one can hear you... Have a screamingly good time. <laughs> that is very true. That is absolutely yeah. true. But I saw that movie, uh, Alien. I yes. saw Alien, and um, I heard all those people screaming quite a lot. Yeah, but I mean, I, th I think when their logic was like, hey, no one can hear you scream outside of the confines of the spaceship. Yes, but the movie largely takes place on the spaceship. It's a it's a masterful tagline. It might be the best movie tagline of all time. However, in space, everyone can hear the characters in Alien screaming quite a bit. There's a lot of screaming. There's a lot. There's a lot of chest busters. And by the way, with both of you this weekend, we've seen a lot of creative costumes, different cosplay. I saw a pregnant woman with a chest buster coming out of her stomach, and I was like, huh. That's a thing. That's a commitment. It really is. Nine months of a commitment. That's very confrontational. I feel like they're making me have those thoughts. Yeah. But both of you guys, what are some of the costumes, like most creative costumes you've seen this weekend? Oh, wow. I mean, I've seen a few. I've seen a lot of Lokis, um, and they're always great. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of Loki costumes. 
I have yet to see a barefoot. I've seen broken horn Loki's. I've yet to see a barefoot Loki. Huh. And I realize this is not a place where you want to go barefoot. <laughs> Come on, New York City, the perfect place to sit on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that, that's something I would like to see. Um, yeah, I've seen, I, I guess the most, the most creative costume of all time I've ever seen, and I don't think they're here, is a giant working Hulkbuster suit. I, oh yeah, those made are cardboard. This is the first oh, year so I've seen it wasn't like one. a shiny metallic one, it was cardboard, it was but it was It was cardboard, you could see like the corrugation. Oh, that's You could see that it was built out of boxes, but at the same time it was huge <laughs> and amazing. <laughs> And you can just see, you know, the string and the cardboard and everything. I love so And it was just stomping around. Yeah, combining, like, visible, like, letting the seams show, like, and combining visible arts and crafts with, yeah, like, yeah, lights yeah. and electronics. I'm a big sucker for that. Yeah. Like, like, uh, like, it's like, um, like a steampunk equivalent, you know, like a cardboard punk. There's something that I would like to see more of, yeah, a, yeah. be more of a thing. I've been, I've been wanting to, um... Do a kind of like steampunk, but uh, using the technology of the 1970s, and uh, and call it punk fun. Oh, that's fantastic! <laughs> when I was in uh, Comic Con one year in Photographer's Alley, there was that you know the gigantic Hulkbuster, and like they're going, get out of the way, get out of the way. I wanted to stand in front of it like the tank in front of Tiananmen Square. Like that would have been just amazing sure. to do. I'm the guy who's not afraid. I'm not afraid of you, Hulkbuster. Well, I saw a few years ago, and I and I it was a very cool costume, but I also really disapprove. Um, a, uh, a Hodor who was holding the door, but Oof. but effectively they were dressed as a literal barrier. You know, they were like this giant rectangle uh, of fake wood uh, with a guy in front of it stopping people from getting past. It was too literal an interpretation. Uh, it causes congestion. It looks great, but it was a huge waste of everybody's time. Cosplay, a huge waste of everybody's Just time. Just this one thing. Just this one thing. I did. I did get. I also got my picture taken with like thirteen Loki's. That's a, again. That's amazing. Just to like see again the level of commitment people will have with these characters. Like that emotional investment to the point where you're like, you know what? Screw it. I want to go all out with this and do as close like. We're, we literally have somebody dressed as, you know, Peter Parker with the Edith glasses and the black suit from Far From Home. Just amazing stuff to see and, again, just impressive. And also what's impressive, again, the output of what you guys are going to be doing at Marvel. Yourself, right now, you're going to be doing, Daniel, the Loki number 5, which, once again, every time I've heard you talk about it, I get more and more excited. Yes. We're getting Loki as a cowboy. Yes, Loki. And that's canon. Loki is a cowboy now. Uh, that is canon. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a flashback story. So when I say Loki is a cowboy now, I'm using now loosely. But um, anybody who's been keeping up with our run knows that Loki uh, struck a bargain, as he wants to do, and this one affects um, the way that he moves through time. Uh, and it uh, decompressed his uh, past in a sort of accordion way. Uh, that uh, he, uh, you know, his, his book is written in, far, in as far as a beginning and an end, but uh, he's getting more blank pages in the middle. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry, just a moment. And Al, also yourself right now, in regards to the Immortal Hulk, we gotta say, last year, it was, it was interesting to see, you had people coming to the table, and it was like maybe one or two every few minutes, and then, whatever. You've been busy the whole weekend, and yeah. someone has the number one book in the country, I noticed. 
I, I have not been paying attention to uh, to the sales. I do know it's doing well. I'm really proud um, of you to see that. Like it's it's we, well earned. We were expecting it to do like to do okay, to do you know to do decently. Uh, to do like Hulk numbers, maybe to do really good Hulk numbers. This has been a surprise, to put it, uh, to understate it. It's we're, we're shocked, we're grateful, we're um, extremely thankful that uh, the people are getting it. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I, I feel like that's kind of that's kind of the most. Um, that's kind of the most, uh, the biggest and the most important thing. Yeah. <laughs> and Immortal Hulk has been a It's that people get it. It's like, it's not just they buy it, it's that they understand what we're doing and they like it. And the character has been appearing in more and more books elsewhere other than books written by yourself. People like, um, I know I know other writers like, like the personality, they like the kind of, um, it's like it's a new take on the Hulk, and I think people want to kind of, or newish. I don't think people want to kind of have a go, um, and that's great. That's 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 nice. Um, but yeah, this is this is the thing. I, I feel like that's how you can tell when like um, a character's very kind of popular behind the scenes as well. Right. Is when like uh, the writers are very keen to kind of have it, have them in the book. And with the title right now, you know, like I said, you know, people are bringing in the, the character. Like, let's say Dan Slott just recently had him in Fantastic Four numbers, I believe, 12 and 13. And I know that offhand because 12 is just a wonderful number. But also just that killer cover of Hulk and Thing duking it out. With that happening, does Dan Slott contact you and say, all right, so we I'm going to have him. You we did? He, um, he basically pitched it. Uh, I... You know, listen to Not It Alone, and it, sound, it sounded good. Um, I wanted to make sure he had... I mean, you know, I made sure that he kind of knew which Hulk he was writing, and like, but he very clearly wanted to, to be that Hulk. Right. Um, I kind of... Uh, I mean, I had, a, I had a sort of a think about, like... Um, and out of it, but I mean, to be honest, he, he had that, he, he had it, he knew what he was doing, he didn't need me poking my, whole, my nose in. But it's always good to be able to talk to the man responsible for like, yeah. this character change and be like, would this character do this? And yeah. while yeah. you didn't create the Hulk, you did do this reinterpretation of the character, yes. and he's got his own things. Like, if you want to do a Joe Fix It comic, your best bet is to go. Hi, Mr. David. How are you today? Good, cool. So I'm going to be writing your character, Joe Fixit. You know, you want to be able to do that, and what yeah, would they not, do? It's not always possible with like the previous writers, right? Uh, I don't, I don't have Peter David's phone number. I don't have his email. Um, and to a certain extent, when you're doing this, I mean, uh, you've got to trust your own gut. And then if if previous creators like it, for instance, I'm really enjoying what Daniel's doing. We like you at the minute. Thank you. I'm very appreciative. Um, but it's like he didn't kind of you know, come to me or, and I didn't go to Kieran and, you know, you'd have to ask Kieran whether he went to, like, uh, who was before that back fraction. But, right. But, like, um, I think to a certain extent you've got to trust your own gut instincts and your own, have confidence in your own work. Right. And that's, like, the number one thing. Um, and I think once you, 
It's almost better not to consult with previous people. That's true, because then you're going with your own version yeah, of this. Exactly, exactly. And again, when you when you went with your version of that, and Danny, when you went with your version of Loki, you want to be able to add your own elements that make your creation that unique. Otherwise, there's not really a lot of points to it. Well, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, you're just kind of uh, doing the greatest hits indefinitely, uh, and the the honor of picking up a character like that is getting to contribute to the to the tapestry. So, I mean, obviously, I read everything. But uh, I think the, the goal is, is synthesis. Um, and then uh, uh, giving it a forward thrust uh, so that it, it can keep going and not become a nostalgia project. Even though I'm a really big fan of Agent of Asgard uh, and Journey into Mystery, I don't want to write fan fiction about it. I don't want to write canonical right. fan fiction about other amazing Loki runs. Uh, I want to I keep the story going. Now, also, in regards to just the characters, I've noticed, you know, your run is starting to blow up as well. Like, a lot more people are paying attention to it, seeing it. What do you think is going to be the future of Loki in terms of, like, reaction from fans? Well, it's been really positive so far. Uh, and he's uh, so beloved uh, that that's not always a sure thing when you start a new... Uh, any, any famous character uh, comes with the, the risk of alienating people who are emotionally invested, but Loki in particular, uh, people feel really, really deeply. Uh, so I, so far, they've been on board for everything that we've, everything that we've added. You know, everything that uh, I, I do. And you, you know, these characters, there's like a reinvention of them. Like yours was a reinvention of the Hulk, bringing him back to his roots, but adding something new and modern to them. And, you know, Daniel's run of Loki is the same. It's like you're taking this one style yeah. and then reinventing it and going, boom, we're going to do this instead. And it's, again, I feel these reinventions are necessary for these characters. And, like I said, you know, sometimes it can be a fluke and sometimes it can be just, no, we knew all along this was going to be this, you know? And to be able to see, like I said, Thor, or, wow, to see Loki, wow, again, one more, jeez. To see Hulk, here we go, third time's the charm. To be able to make it into the top of the charts, especially, just that fan reaction. I I know the main thing is to always avoid what the internet says, you know, don't read the comment sections, don't read the, the tweets back and everything. And it's, it is crazy. And I imagine it's very humbling, though, to hear, like, you'll hear from the fans like myself saying, yeah, they love it on the internet. They absolutely adore it. I've never, I have not seen one negative thing about this book. Knock on wood. I hope that's what it's probably. We'll, we'll find something. I'll hit, knock my head. There we go. Good enough. But the idea of all these characters being these reinventions and that reaction—it's mind blowing in the best ways possible. I feel like uh, with these with these old characters, they do have a kind of. You can drill down into some sort of primal, primal core of who they are. Right. Uh, but as long as you keep that, uh, some final aspect of them, you can build a lot on top of that. Yeah. And it's uh, and with the Hulk, um, I was kind of drilling into things that aren't really. I mean, nobody, uh, nobody really gets into kind of uh, how changeable and chaotic he is. Um, I mean, some people do, but it's like... The reason I go back to those first six issues 
it's like it's a horror comic for like an issue and a half. Yeah. And then it just changes and it changes and it changes. And you know, Stan, Jack, and Steve, they are not. Um, they don't seem to be 100 percent sure where to take it. And the result is, you get this thing that's this very chaotic, very changing, very changeable. A comic that, unique for its time, does not follow, it doesn't solidify into anything, it doesn't, uh, uh, you, it doesn't really have any rules, hard and fast rules. And that's, again, one of the things about seeing the character of the Hulk in this, he always has these different variations of who he is. Sometimes he can speak in clear sentences, sometimes he's just a blithering buffoon, but he's, you know, with the Hulk smash and whatnot. But there's that evolution, and that is, you know, you see that, especially with your version of the character, where he'll, he'll be very eloquent and very angry and bitter and whatnot, and then next second, you know, it's again, it just changes, much like the actual versions of the character. I don't know where I was going with that, but here we are. I mean, I think that's, I think that's part of, that's part of what we're doing, is, uh, is getting into that. Yeah. Um... Yeah, like, I do think there need to be periodic like reinventions and uh, recreations of things. Um, I, I think it'd be it'd be kind of a little a little terrible if, if it was just this sort of cookie cutter thing. And one thing is this also: Marvel loves utilizing these these stories into the movies. Of course, mm. how long do you think it'll be until we see Immortal Hulk utilized? Well, Obviously, the Hulk is in a certain rights rights Hades at the minute. Yeah. Uh, with the Universal thing. Um, yeah. I think I'd be very interested to see how they would do that and if they'd want to do that. I don't think they could do it with the present Hulk, the Mark Ruffalo Hulk. Yeah. I feel like a he's like a. Um, a side character in a team book, so he's uh, a team film. So he's got his own, he's got his own things going on. He can't, he's the right things he can't solo, I believe. Yeah. Um, and also, he's um, yeah, he's he's basically. Uh, oh, what was he doing this? He's he's the right Hulk for those films. Yeah, I kind of feel like they can't really at this point do that world turn without... Uh, You'd have to change a lot about the character to achieve yeah, that. I think they might need a new actor for that. I I feel like it would almost be better as a TV show. Yeah. Like, but... Um, to be honest, I mean, what it is, is a comic. And I feel like the films are the films are the comics are the comics. Yeah. And it's... Uh, You know, we should be willing to um, embrace you know, each medium for what it can do. Uh, I agree. And not everything translates, not everything needs to translate, so, yeah. you know, I'd say that. Now also, Daniel, in regards to Loki, there are a lot of changes that you're, I imagine you're bringing to the character as well. With that, what is the one change so far that we have seen in the series that you're most proud of? 
Oh, that's really interesting. Um, you know, I'm I'm really hoping for a I'm really hoping for a slow burn on this one. Uh, so in uh, issue three, uh, he does he does strike this bargain that sort of breaks time and his role in it. So we haven't really seen the ramifications of that. Uh, it's uh, I think it's going to end up being bigger than just an excuse to do flashback issues. Right. Uh, even though number five is a really fun uh, you know untold tale that results that results of uh, this uh, this bargain. But uh, I think it's going to affect uh, him on this almost like a biological level. Uh, and he is a he is a disrupted person uh, now, uh, and uh, Loki is uh, defined among other things by getting in over his head. Uh, and I think that's going to be our version of it. Is uh, what is this? You know, the devil made a deal with another devil, yeah. and he has no idea what he signed his name to. Now, also in regards to these books, these are both if both Immortal Hulk and Loki are titles we're actively reading on the show. And as a matter of fact, earlier today I spoke to Eddie, or you know, my co-host on the show, and the comment was, "That's funny, you're calling me right now because I'm just reading Loki right now. I just read the third issue. It's a fun book. I'm really enjoying it." And also, you know, in regards to the show, with that, I threw Eddie down the Immortal Hulk rabbit hole because he was like. I can't start another series. I don't want to start another series. I'm already buying too many as is. And then I bought him the first two issues as a reprint. And like I said, you know, I told Al off mic, I've been spreading the I've been spreading the gospel of the series. I'm planning on getting my best friend the uh, trade of Immortal Hulk number one. And just so many people I've been getting this book for and telling, read it, read it. You are gonna love it. And the word of, for yourself with Immortal Hulk, the word of mouth about this. How, you know, how was your mind blown? Like, how badly was, or not badly, you know what I mean? Like, how excited were you to hear, wow, they're, they love me, they really, really love me? I mean, it's, without wanting to sound like uh, egotistical, it's like you, you do know when the work is good. Um, and I, I kind of knew we had a good first issue. I was not expecting the level crazy to go. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm used to people really liking what I do and they're not buying it. Yeah. So, to have uh, people, you know, really like and really buy a book is a new experience for me and one that I'm very much enjoying. Our local shop, Main Street Comics in Middletown, New York, if you had Immortal Hulk in your pull list, he gave you uh, the Carnage one. He said, hey, if you don't want to buy it, you don't want to buy it. As far as I know, every person that bought Immortal Hulk that week bought your Carnage book as well. So it's like, oh, there's that too? Oh, hell yeah, I'm buying that. So it's like, it's a given. You have to, but it's also, well, I know what I'm getting into with this, you know? And also, Daniel, with yours, a lot of people have been saying as well, Loki's really good. You have to be reading Loki. And to be able to see that, you're going on for this series, and I'm excited to know what the future is. I, you know, you can't tell us what's the future, but I'm excited to know, hey, Daniel just got signed to another series, another series, another series. And when, like I said, when I heard Al was getting signed to Guardians and, you know, Valkyrie as well, damn. Just like... <laughs> 
Thank, thank you. <laughs> it's like all it's of a great guys. way of summing it up. <laughs> it's like everyone just keeps going and going. And when you had your Black Panther versus Deadpool story, I was like, oh, we got something special going on. And then it just keeps going and going, but in a great way, you know? Thank you for saying that. I mean, I think the goal is to use everything is, you know, itself. Every story is the story you are telling, but it is also uh, your voice out in the world. And it yeah. lets people uh, connect with you and, and get excited about the, the kind of things that you do. Uh, so everything, it's a, it's a never-ending, sequential, continuity-driven medium. So in theory, uh, I try to make sure that everything stands alone, and I think of it in terms of paperbacks uh, or arcs or moments, but everything is also a commercial for uh, the exciting you know, possibilities of writers getting uh, to play in other sandboxes. Right. So now, before we go, we're going to wrap this episode up. This is like a mini episode, but it's not. It's there. It's something. But... Before we go, each of you guys, how can get a hold of you on social media? Daniel, you'll go first. I am at Kibblesmith across all social media. and uh, Even my, MySpace? Probably. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm on Pinterest and Spotify, and those are the only places that I put spoilers. But nobody's caught anything yet. Oh, I just love Pinterest. I get to you know look at pictures of cats and Loki spoilers. I have very few cat pictures, but I, I do have a Loki board uh, of inspiration. And uh, if if you had been looking at it the whole time, you would have seen things that were not out yet. Wait, I thought you were being sarcastic. About no, Pinterest. no, this you is really do have a. This Pinterest? is hundred percent real. Yeah, I have a Loki Pinterest, and it has spoilers on it right now. And I don't have a Pinterest, but I need one. I need to get one now just to read that or watch the look at that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, that's no joke, man. Al, yourself? Do you have a uh, Pinterest? I do not have a Pinterest. Um, I'm not on Facebook either. I'm, uh, I'm pretty... I'm a, I'm a kind of known recluse. Um, I am on Twitter at, at Al underscore Ewing. Um, I have a Tumblr, which is probably an easier way to find me, uh, which is... I'm going through... And I've taken a long break from it, but I'll probably get back to it when, I'm, when things are a little less busy. I'm going through every issue of Hulk in order and pulling out like panels and moments that uh, interest me, uh, that I like, that relate to Immortal Hulk. That's, um, and that Tumblr, it's, it's Al Ewing, all one word, uh, is the name of the Tumblr. But it's called What Is Happening Arg, which is the first, I believe, uh, the words Bruce Banner speaks the first time he changes into the Hulk. Um, and it's uh, so it's called What Is Happening Arc, and it's uh, it's got that that panel of Bruce uh, Banner just starting to change, which is one of the like the iconic panels. Gentlemen, it was an absolute pleasure having you both on, and enjoy the rest of the convention. All I believe two hours of it. So a lot can happen in two hours, man. That is true. So for the Marvelist, I'm Peter Melnick. Uh, I'm Al Ewing. I'm Daniel Kilsmith. Excelsior, and so forth. <laughs>